Hello and welcome to the Smart Cities Chronicles podcast. In this episode, Interim Executive Director for Australia and New Zealand, Janet Rapuwa, talks to Mark Yee and Ben Sebulak from the New South Wales Department of Planning and Environment. As precincts start to adopt the new release movement in place framework and apply principles and practices, where can we look forward to seeing the greatest impact and what are the key challenges and opportunities? Let's dive in. Welcome to Mark Yee and Ben Sibilek from the New South Wales Department of Planning and Environment. I'm here with Ben and Mark today to discuss the new New South Wales Movement in Place framework, which I, for one, am quite excited to learn more about. So much potential there. Ben and Mark, um, can you just give a start off by giving us all an outline of the New South Wales Movement in Place framework and how it came about. I'm interested in a little bit of history behind um, where you are today. It was um, it, it came about as uh, as as part of a, a global um, mega trend towards towards realizing that that streets and roads have have multiple different functions, and we need to understand all of those functions first of all. Um, understand that, um, that that streets have a really important role to play um, in 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 public spaces of, of, of cities, um, as well as the movement function. Um, so they they serve those those dual purposes, and uh, and and really it's um it, it's it's along the same lines as you know if we were in, in the United States we'd be talking about complete streets, um, you know the, it's 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 uh, the healthy streets movement, um, uh, NACTO in the um, in the United States. So, so really, um, in Australia and New Zealand, um, we've, we've we've taken uh, a lot of these concepts in, um, in in all of these overseas frameworks, and, and we've really made it our own. And um, and so, the movement and place framework in Australia and New Zealand, um, each jurisdiction, um, each state and territory is, is really developing their own now. Um, but in in 2016, Transport for New South Wales um, really led the charge to to, to get the concepts of movement and place into the Austroids guides um, and, and they're, they're, now, they're now being really picked up. So, so we've done a lot in those, in those past five years in New South Wales um, to, to develop up the framework and iterate the framework over time. And, uh, and in 20, um, uh, 2017, um, movement in place became New South Wales government uh, kind of official policy um, as it was adopted in uh, the state infrastructure strategy um, as a recommendation that um, infrastructure New South Wales put in um, the Greater Sydney Regional Plan uh, and uh, and our long term transport master plan, um, which is called uh, Future Transport 2056. So that's, that's our long term future transport strategy. Um, so so in 2017, all, all of those um, three kind of long term strategic documents went through cabinet and movement in place was an underlying. Uh, um, aspect of those and the state infrastructure strategy made a recommendation uh, to government which which was then adopted that um, that the government architect lead the development of a practitioner's toolkit for movement in place and and so that that's what happened and 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 so it became um, not just a conversation between uh, the transport agency and the roads agency um, but a whole of government thing and and so that's when um, when people um, like Mark, um, who, who's on this call today, uh, uh, came and became involved. We set up um, a, a, a technical working group right across government, um, including councils, 
to develop up the practitioner's guide, which was um, which was put out at version 0 0.1 in 2019, um, and uh, and then um, uh, subsequently um, we developed uh, we we put out version 1.0, which is our, our our website, which brings together all of the various aspects of the framework that were sitting across different government agency sites on the government architects side, on transport for New South Wales site, on um, on infrastructure New South Wales, um, brings it all together under one house, um, on one, one place, which is movingandplace.nsw.gov.au. And the website also brings things to life. So, um, so all of the concepts that were previously in static PDFs are now explained in, in quite accessible videos. Um, and uh, and our, our built environment indicators, which is which is a, a, an important part of the framework, um, are now interactive web maps. Yeah, I'll also add to what Ben sort of said that uh, in terms of moving in place, one of the exciting things was the release of the website last year. It is whole of government, which is quite unique in New South Wales. So when we say whole of government, no one particular agency owns it. So uh, the framework's being delivered uh, in collaboration between um, Transport for New South Wales and Department of Planning and Environment. But we also have um, stakeholders that have included input, including the Greater Sydney Commission, Infrastructure in New South Wales, uh, schools infrastructure, health infrastructure. So it's really um, across government, which is quite a unique. And the reason for that sort of whole of government and across government approach is to ensure the balance between movement and place. Uh, if it was just solely delivered by transport for New South Wales, there'd be a tend tendency to have a, a greater movement focus. If it was developed by a uh, Department of Planning and Environment, there'd be uh, more of a place focus. So to get that balance between movement and place, which is really the, um, the primary purpose of the framework, um, that cross-government approach has been great in ensuring that we have a, a balanced and cohesive framework. Fantastic, guys. My God, it's a bit of a long game, isn't it? And I and I appreciate the, the effort that actually um, it takes to ensure that all the all the right stakeholders at all the right levels are involved. Um, but quite interested to delve a bit more into um, how how the uptake, I guess, of um, the framework has been across its you know application areas. I mean, such a wide variety of projects and plans that it would be relevant for. As you mentioned, it's not just around tourism and transport, but industry adoption. I know you talked about toolkits there. I know I, I, I can hear you talking about short, medium, long-term plans. I can hear you talking about the website and making it more in making ensure that your um, resources are accessible. Has that all sort of hit the ground running anywhere at all? Like, are there some specific um, examples around uh, at least feedback, if not uptake, that you could talk to? Yeah, so so because we've been developing this over over a number of years, it's it's kind of um, built built on um, uh, each uh, each publication that, that we've had um, as as part of the framework, and and so the the approach that we've taken is is that um, before before we we kind of put something out there. Um, for use more generally, um, we've 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 tried to to test it internally um, within within government within agencies. Um, we've uh, certainly at Transport for New South Wales, um, we're the agency that's been been working with this framework for the longest, and 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 we've um, we've we've really uh, built the framework out iteratively as we've as we've tested different components of it um, on projects. So. Um, so there's 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 plenty of examples right right throughout the the asset lifecycle, 
uh, all the way from from strategic um, planning through to through to operations. Um, uh, but I think the, the the big the big thing for for us as Transport for New South Wales is that um, by by developing the framework through doing um, on, on projects, we're developing up um, the the culture as well within our organisation of uh, of how to think differently about designing, planning, operating streets for multiple users, and uh, and and so that's that's really the success when when we when we see projects. Um, like, for instance, the um, uh, the the um, Sydney Park Junction project, um, which is which is reallocating road space around around Sydney Park uh, to provide um, better better access and um, uh, to to Sydney Park Station, to to Sydney Park and King Street and Newtown, um, and all of that being enabled by a big. Um, motorway project, which is which is the M8 and and, and West Connects, and um, and the reconfiguration of of the road functions um, to the uh, uh, around around Sydney Park, and 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 this this kind of uh, going hand in hand with um, giving space over where we don't need it for movement anymore, um, back to uh, the important place functions um, that Sydney Park provide. So, um, so I mean that that's a, that's one of many case studies um, that are that are applying the, the the kind of tools and principles and, and and guidance that we have in our framework. Mark. Yeah, look, I'd say there's been um, there's been a take up. It's been building as we've been moving along recently. Um, so schools infrastructure. So they deliver. They basically develop the schools within New South Wales. They've been applying the framework. Uh, within Department of Planning, we're starting to see um, the application and the take up of the um, of movement place as part of our precincts and as part of our projects. Uh, and there's been quite a bit of interest in terms of movement in place and the benefits of it. I would say we've also received a bit of feedback from our teams that we really want, they, they're really excited to use it and, and take it up, but we really need to sort of demonstrate that this is a framework that doesn't result in additional work really it sort of can help underpin existing projects and sort of build it out further so um, as we're releasing throughout this year we'll be doing more work with our teams um, to really help them apply the framework in an easy way and ensure that it doesn't result in additional work and in many ways actually helps their work and reduces the potential workload by applying the principles and importantly i think applying the um, the practice of co-design and being vision-led. So I think if uh, if once we see even further take up and we build case studies and show it really works, um, we'll see you know take up accelerating further. Exactly, exactly. These sort of things, um, you know, you really need to be spending some time socialising what the framework is and actually building those relationships so that it isn't taken as something that's sort of the latest and greatest and it sort of just has slipped by because it didn't work the first time somebody might have attempted to attempted to apply it to a situation so I, I was good it was it was right quite good to see then um, as I mentioned the website and just a reminder um, I'll get you guys to when you respond just to remind us of the website address there and anywhere that someone can navigate too easily that you might want to point out but 
I mean, the website and having things online is a great resource. Um, you talked about co-creation there and citizen engagement. I think obviously the people around place and I, I quite like the fact that actually the, the framework can apply to, to different situations. You gave us the example of the, of the of, you know, gave us a couple of examples there, which are quite distinct. And I wonder if there are, you know, crystal ball or, or if you could, um, you know, blue sky think, where would you like um, the, you know, where would you like the impact to be made first or the greatest? Like, are there any sort of pet areas that you were quite interested in seeing this framework being applied to or you, where you see potentially the greatest level um, in terms of the opportunity to leverage the framework, let's say from your own perspectives? Yeah, so um, look, for, from, from my point of view, um, traditionally, uh, you know, um, in, the, in the kind of a, emerging years of this framework, the, the challenge has, um, has been seen where we have parts of the network, streets on the network um, that have both a, a very important strategic movement function, um, but also a high place intensity. And, and so, so they have um, what's often seen as two um, almost competing priorities um, or, or uses. Of that of that particular street, um, with with the with the movement uh, kind of function being about um, saving time, um, you know, getting getting through a place, and the and the place function being about spending time, and um, and and people, you know, um, in the past have seen those two functions to be in conflict with each other, um, and certainly trade offs need to be made, and 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 they're they're some of the more complex streets. Um, but, and that, that's certainly been a focus of, of the framework um, in, in the initial years of, of development. But what, what, what I think we've seen through COVID um, is, a, is an, an, an increasing in the importance of the local. So um, pe people aren't, uh, are, are no longer, um, you know, going into the office, um, you know, if they're, if they're office-based workers, they, they might not be going into the office five days a week. Um, and 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 that hopefully um, will, will be a permanent permanent thing, and um, and re local retail um, you know lo local businesses are benefiting from that. Um, but also we're seeing a, a, a big increase in local activity. Um, you know pe people um, spending more time during the day um, around their local streets, around their local neighbourhood, and uh, that's a. a um, often a more challenging area um, to focus on. You know, those, those main streets, the, um, the, the, the kind of high streets of New South Wales are always the ones that are gonna get the most attention. They're, they're always going to get the, um, uh, you know, a, a council or, or business chamber um, wanting improvement and, 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 you know, getting urban design teams involved. Uh, it's those local neighbourhood streets, really, um, in a post-COVID world, um, that are often the forgotten ones. Uh, the, the ones where um, uh, perhaps uh, when we built the streets, um, we we designed those streets, uh, you know, ba based on um, some some standards or or, or um, geometries that were that were really intended only for um, for, for more of a, a main road type environment. Um, with very wide curb radii, um, uh, uh, wide wide carriageways, 
um, and, and are not really designed for the, for the sorts of uses we're seeing in a post-COVID world um, with, with an increase in, in, in local activity, local walking um, and, and, and local trips, local use. So, so they're, they're the challenge for me, and that's the majority of the streets on our network. So going forward, um, this, is, this is going to, 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 to really be um, uh, quite a useful framework for, for councils, um, not, just, not just New South Wales government agencies. Um, and, and, and the sorts of things we're developing in this space is a, um, a, later on this year, we'll, we'll, we'll put out as part of the framework a new um, roads and streets design guide, which will be a New South Wales supplement to, to the Austroads guides, which will really fill in some of the missing um, missing pieces of Austroads. Um, you know, Austroads does a really good job at those those kind of main road type high movement um, environments, um, but has quite a blind spot to to the um, the majority of our network, which is which is the local streets, um, and 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 so. Uh, we'll, we'll be putting out some um, some guidance on um, on on local streets to 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 support um, Austroads and refer back to Austroads. Um, so so that uh, that I think is is the next developing area. Um, so so yeah. So I mentioned two things: um, those um, those main street type environments with the um, high movement significance and high place intensity, um, but increasingly our focus will be on those local streets as well. Yeah, for, for myself, I think there's a, a great opportunity where there's um, there's investment in public in, uh, public transport infrastructure. So I think where our roads and streets have had to do a bit of the heavy lifting in terms of um, transport, um, with the investment in that public transport infrastructure, uh, there's a potential for the modal shift and for those roads and streets to sort of not do so much of the, the sort of the performing the transport function. So where so where we're seeing sort of metro stations going in, railway stations going in, the precincts around them, there's a real opportunity to sort of say, look at those roads and streets saying, well, now the focus will be within the precinct itself um, and the roads and streets have less of a traffic function. It's really servicing the, the place there. So um, I'm pretty, as Ben sort of mentioned, uh, those main roads, there's some great exciting opportunities. Uh, the example I always give is Parramatta Road. So if you think about Parramatta Road currently, it, performs very much a network function uh, and the traffic can often result in poor place outcomes. Uh, with an investment of Sydney Metro West uh, and a more of a shift towards public transport, there's an opportunity to sort of look at that road and sort of say, well, what's its place function? You know, is it not just for servicing people to come from Sydney's West to, to the center? Uh, it, it, it can now potentially create great places along that road. Um, so. That's one particular way I, I see the framework being applied. I'd also say in regional areas where you've seen bypasses being sort of introduced. So quite often for our towns in those regional areas, you'll have a, a sort of a, a wider network road going through the middle of the town. As you introduce a bypass, you can now look at the main streets of that town um, as you remove that through traffic and sort of say, how do we make this a better road for this town? Um, how do we encourage greater pedestrian trips within the town itself? Um, so yeah, they're, they're for me two sort of exciting examples of where we can see the framework being applied and really being um, creating better places. And I guess um, the other thing to um, th that I quite like, like to talk about actually is 
the private sector. Um, but before I get onto that, um, you one of the resources, and again, you know, have a look at the website. There's there's a ton of resources and, and guides, and I quite like the image that actually depicts how it all sort of comes together because it's got standards on there, and you mentioned them before as well. So yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a very integrated approach, as mentioned, with a number of stakeholders, and I like the fact that the framework very much is there for people to use as it applies to 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 the to the hat they're wearing. Um, one of the guides is the Network Planning and Precincts Guide, um, and I like, we talked about just there um, as well around, around some of the, the opportunities, but often it can be seen as an issue, you know, immediately sometimes, you know, you sort of consider things to be an issue, but I like the way that the guide actually turns an issue into an opportunity and runs through a number of scenarios, um, and I'm keen to get your thoughts, as I mentioned, on you know, we, we've talked about a lot, and it's great, you know, lots of, of spaces around public transport, walking, um, just, just rethinking place um, when things change or even as they need to change over time, depending on circumstance. And, and, you know, to be honest, it could happen again. We could have something like COVID, I hope not, but that, that need to remain flexible. Um, but what about the private sector? Like, what do you see as some of the opportunities for the private sector when it comes to to what you're what you're talking about, movement and, and place in this framework that can really be something that the private sector can also be um, benefiting from and leveraging. Yeah. So look, um, I, I see the framework and, and and particularly the the network planning and precincts guide um, as as representing um, our our offer. Um, as 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 the as the transport agency in the New South Wales government, um, for for a new um, kind of a, a new partnership, a, a new new way to be um, to be a bit more joined up, um, and and come to the party um, a, a bit more. So um, a, a lot of a lot of the um, a lot of the the advice I, I guess that we've been providing um, to our co colleagues through through concurrence. Um, and uh, an advice back to the development community um, in in terms of um, you know the, the transport advice that we're providing for for new developments in um, in precincts has been really um, ba based on modelling um, and, and taking a, a real predict and provide um, type approach and and what what that's what that's forced. Um, uh, to, to, to get developers over the line or developments over the line is um, is it's it's forced uh, developments to um, uh, to to support the transport rather than the other way around um, rather than, than than transport supporting the land use and uh, and and so so we see this as a as a real opportunity to to kind of reset. Within our own organisation, of of how we work um, with developers um, and 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 with our colleagues in um, in the planning organisation, um, to, to to first understand what is the vision for this place, and then how can transport support that, um, and that's that's really the way we need to start working um, as government um, and and certainly as as a transport agency to to support. Um, the community needs and aspirations, because at the end of the day, transport's there to serve the community. Um, the community's not there to support transport. Um, so uh, that, that's that, that's really um, one of the biggest reasons for for the the network planning and precincts guide, um, and it's and it's addressing 
a lot of the um, a lot of the, the the kind of problems that um, that that we've we've certainly heard um, uh, from um, from the private sector from from the development community, um, but also that we've observed um, from from our own practice um, within within government and and within organisations. Um, so so look, it's it's, it's going to take a lot of work, um, but but we've reached out. We're starting to reach out. Um, and and this is representing um, you know an opportunity for a bit of a reset, a, a new partnership. Yeah, for for myself in sort of in planning with industry, they're really focused on the land use. So when we see sort of you know greenfield precincts, industrial precincts, they're really focused on what the land use is and ensuring that the transport networks um, basically enable what's. Uh, what they're proposing in the land use. So really the, the framework will help industry sort of sort of say where's the road network we're developing is in support of that overall land use and that vision for it. Uh, one of the important aspects of movement in place is um, ensuring that our the assessment of our transport networks, how has it achieved the vision? So industry through their visioning process can set a clear vision for, for the land use, or how that place is going to be, and, and that this sort of uh, movement function or road networks service that vision. So that's, I think that's very important for industry to sort of be clear on their vision, to communicate it and to really sort of sell it when we're looking at those road networks and understanding how are they servicing that vision um, as to what could happen in the past, but there's a bit of a obsession about in terms of uh, the technical aspect of um, traffic and understand traffic volumes is really or how do these roads sort of service, service these places so I think that's a, a really great opportunity for industry um, also sort of going back to co-design which I mentioned on earlier I think um, we've moved in place there's the opportunity for that co-design and to bring people together earlier so I think we've moved in place there'll be the opportunity for industry to be involved in planning at the early stages to really help shape that vision uh, and bring them into the into the fall for all sort of planning. We we, we also, I mean, we we, we talked about um, industry as, as as developers, but um, you know, the, the private sector is also consultancies um, who, you know, developers employ, but but we employ as government and, and councils employ. So really important um, to um, to 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 really upskill. Um, the professions involved in the in the planning, design, and operations, and that includes um, consultants who work in the private sector, um, who who consult with us. Um, so so there we, we see um, we see the the consultancy um, community as a as a real partner um, and and really critical um, to 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 the success of our framework. Um, and uh, and 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 there's there's also. Um, you know, when, when we when we talk about the private sector, you know, um, I think we can also think about the the research sector as well, um, and and certainly some of the partnerships that we've um, that we've developed with with universities um, uh, through our um, through our linkages. Um, they they've not only informed the development of the framework, but they've um, but our 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 um, partnerships with with universities have tested helped us test certain aspects of the framework as well. And we'll continue um, to, to partner with the universities to um, uh, to, to kind of um, as, uh, lead uh, as we lead the development of um, of different aspects of the framework to, to have that supported by um, an appropriate uh, evidence base um, that universities can um, can provide us with. 
Absolutely. I'm glad you glad you sort of added those two other additional points to the end. I mean, it's just fundamental, isn't it? There's so much that could go wrong. And, and I guess there's so much of a um, of a risk that what we what we're doing in terms of transport and the and land use and all the sort of planning that goes into place um, that we actually might have to do it again relatively soon because we haven't actually really involved all the stakeholders and we haven't really thought it through over the longer term so I mean I know of um, inland ports going up and huge factories and industrial states going up and huge housing developments going up and interweaved through all of that is that is that theme of collaboration so it's fantastic to see that being documented and provided um, and support provided you know online and different sort of uh, I, I understand you're doing a number of um, and open to doing a number of sort of sessions around sort of socializing the framework more and then you've got the backup of other resources and tools and as you said you're developing some more out um, so just really keen now to as a as a sort of end point here is how can we get more involved? How can the community get more involved to accelerate this? How can, you know, the relationship that you talked about that you're wanting to, that you've already got in place and wanting to leverage some more and, and, and potentially even scale, how can private sector, public sector, academia, and, and importantly, um, the people that are, that are in place, in that place, how can we get more involved and how can we and not only engage, but help accelerate um, this, this work? Yeah, so uh, great question. Um, we we have we have a, a, a few suggestions. Um, one is um, that that we've we're forming or we've we've just started to form uh, a community of practice for the New South Wales Movement in Place framework, um, and that's that's open to to any practitioner um, in New South Wales that um, that has a role in the uh, in the planning design or operations of roads, streets, and places. Um, so it could be. Um, any professional in any profession um, that, that has a role in those areas. It could be a, a, an architect, a, a transport planner, a, a land use planner, um, an urban designer, landscape architect, um, a community engagement practitioner, um, uh, so uh, an engineer. Um, so if, if, you, if you have a role um, in, the, in the planning uh, design or, or operations of road streets and places, um, please join us, our community of practice. Um, you'll, you'll be able to sign up um, to our, our mailing list and, and we'll, we'll send out um, uh, information about when community, the community of practice meets um, to our regular mailing list. Um, so uh, the, the form to sign up to the mailing list is right at the bottom of our homepage. Um, so it's movementinplace.nsw.gov.au just scroll down to the bottom of that page, there'll be a sign up form for the mailing list there. Uh, the community of practice uh, uh, will, will meet um, either online or, or in a hybrid situation every two months. Um, and we'll hear from, um, from, from council staff and developing parts of the framework um, as, as it progresses. Um, but in the inter intervening time between those, those meetings, um, we're, we're planning on using the community of practice um, to, to help inform um, the development of, of the framework, um, but also to be a community in itself. So um, if, you're, if you're a council um, staff uh, or, um, you know, somebody that works in a council, um, maybe a regional council, and, and, and you have a particular issue, um, the, uh, you'll be able to use this community of practice. We can already use this community of practice to, to reach out and, and ask if, if there's another council um, in a similar situation 
um, they might be in, in another corner of the state. And, and certainly we've, um, we've had it, we've already um, set up a few of those conversations already through this community. Um, so in the inter intervening um, kind of time between meetings, um, we have a, a, a live um, and lively discussion um, forum set up on, on LinkedIn. So you can join our LinkedIn group um, and uh, and that LinkedIn group um, is um, has a has a link at the at the footer of our website. Um, click on the LinkedIn in icon, um, and you can also contact us directly um, uh, through um, contact us at movementinplace.nsw.gov.au. Um, as as we as we progress uh, the 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 framework and and, and roll it out further, um, we will be rolling out um, some. Some training, um, which which will consist of um, of, of e-learning. Six modules of, of e-learning will be rolled out, um, starting with the first two um, in the in the next few weeks, and that will be supported by some face-to-face -face training. Um, so the e-learning will be free, and the face-to-face -face will be um, a, a one-day workshop at um, at, a, at a price, um, which will be rolling out to um, all of New South Wales. Um, we'll, we'll be taking it regionally with us um, and, and try and get to, um, to a lot of the, the smaller regional councils with that as well. Um, so there's, uh, there's, there's a lot, there'll be a lot of opportunities coming up over the, over the next few months. And, uh, and as, as we roll it out further, um, we do intend to continue to partner with councils um, across the state. As, uh, as councils start to kind of pick up some of these concepts and, and, and use it in their own planning, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be there as much as we can to support councils and, um, and, uh, and, and help them kind of think through the, the processes because we intend to use that knowledge um, that we gain from, from working with, with councils to iterate and, and update and improve the framework. Yeah, look, I would say, I mean, moving in place, it's being developed across the government, but it's really for anyone involved in both either moving in place or birth them together. So I just encourage people to be brave and to start using the framework itself. Uh, you know, Ben mentioned there's some great resources in terms of upskilling, but anyone can really sort of pick it up and start applying to their project right now. So uh, I'd say that, look, people should feel brave to start using it. Um, I would say be brave in particular setting the visions for the area. So I think really the strength of the framework is we're setting a vision that should be aspirational uh, and this is a new approach where we, instead of relying on sort of modeling and technical studies, uh, we really should be sort of setting that vision from the outset. And that vision could include things such as, um, you know, health benefits. So as we have modal shifts greater towards, you know, pedestrians and active transport, uh, it could talk about sort of, you know, the social benefits of um, providing greater places. And we can even link that back to sort of things such as productivity. You know, it's proven that as we have, you know, promote greater, um, pedestrian activity, active transport, socialization, this, this results in greater economic benefits um, through productivity and things on those lines. So I, I'd say to, you know, to implement the framework, be brave, be using it, uh, and be brave in setting those visions and be aspirational. So uh, I think that's probably one of the ways to use it because we really do want to see um, it used by our own agencies, by councils, and um, by industry, certainly. Um, uh, myself and Ben had a meeting with uh, someone from regional council the other day, and they sort of said, oh, look, we're, I'm really excited to use it. I've, I've been working here for a little while, and most of my colleagues are sort of um, traffic engineers to focus on some traditional approach. I'm really excited to sort of use this new approach that's sort of more place-based. So 
uh, I'd be, yeah, I'd encourage everyone to sort of challenge um, some of the older practices. It does represent a bit of a cultural shift uh, in terms of the way we look at our roads and streets and how we integrate it with land use planning. But I think it's a, a step in the right direction. And I think uh, we'll see uh, this greater approach as we move forward. Something for everybody really isn't there. And I like that. I like the fact that, you know, as part of the, engage, uh, part of the way that people can, start accelerating and finding out more about this framework is just to sort of pick it up and start using it and, and have a look back every now and again to, to find out what the new guides are and, and all the use cases. And, and, I, and I imagine um, as things progress, there'll be more and more content on the website. A reminder, the website, movementandplace.gov, isn't it? Movementandplace.newsouthwales.gov.au. Um, check back at the website, movement. Um, and place.newsouthwales.gov.au. Thank you, Mark, and thank you, Ben. I appreciate the time, and I look forward to um, following the journey and establishing the establishment of the community of practice and all of this great work being put to um, put to work um, in terms of New South Wales, but also the rest of the um, in terms of Sydney, but also also the rest of the region. Um, learning from from exactly what you are working on and how you're involving everybody into making impact in that space and the potential of, of the framework, but also the tools and um, the future of place.